What would you say to a man who's 52 that literally is dying? I had the privilege of talking with the mom and praying with her about her son who, unless it's a divine intervention, is going to pass away. His liver is working about 4%, and as I walked into the hospital room, 306, he greeted me. As he's laying on his bed, you can tell he's been through quite a bit. He said, Pastor, and I hadn't seen him in a number of years. He said, this was last Thursday night. He said, Pastor, I flatlined. My heart stopped. He said, they brought me back. And he said, I want you to share this testimony. And I said, okay. He said, I went uh, out, and he said, it was kind of like a dream. He said, I was in a coma for a number of days. He said, but I saw someone. And he said, as I saw this person, this man, he told me, it's not your time yet. And he said, that's why I'm here right now. And unless the Lord intervenes, it'll be just a matter of time. But he asked me to share that. And I'm glad to tell you today that uh, I told him and his mom, one of these days, those who die in the Lord, we will see Jesus. When we see Jesus. I don't know about you, but I'm looking forward to seeing Jesus. Amen. I don't know about you, but I'm expecting to see Jesus. Amen. I don't know about you, but I can't wait to see Jesus. Oh, my. It's going to be a great day to see Jesus. And I believe this side of seeing Jesus, the Lord wants to prepare me and you before we see Jesus. Oh, yes, we can see his glory. Yes, we know he's with us. This man was a Christian. His uh, folks are believers in the living God, according to what they shared. But we're going to see a man this morning who prepared to see Jesus. Are you preparing to see Jesus? Are you really? Well, I want to share with you four uh, distinct, life-changing, life-altering, heaven-preparing ways that you and I can prepare before we see Jesus. We're going to look at a man today that maybe you are familiar with, maybe you're not. But I want to invite you to turn in your Bibles to the book of Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2. When we see Jesus. I've been thinking and praying and studying over this passage and God began to burst some things in my heart about this great passage. And as we look at the book of Luke chapter 2, I believe there's some evidences and some guidelines, some decisions that you need to make today and I need to make today to prepare to see Jesus. Y'all listen to me. You're going to see Jesus one way or another. Either it's going to be in the judgment seat or it's going to be at the great white throne judgment. We are all going to see Jesus one of these days. 
And I'll tell you, the closer it gets, the more I anticipate seeing Jesus. All that we'd see Jesus this morning. And here's what the Lord has placed on my heart to share with you as you and I prepare to see Jesus. What should we do? How should we respond? What is the message that you ought to be doing now? Why should we prepare? Number one, I believe we're going to see in a moment this man named Simeon waited patiently to see Jesus. But not only did he wait patiently, he worked diligently before he saw Jesus. And then thirdly, he worshiped intentionally when he saw Jesus. And then fourthly, he witnessed deliberately when he saw Jesus. Luke chapter 2, find there, and we're going to start reading in verse 25. Stand to your feet as we read the Word of God. And this man's name is Simeon. Say that name with me. Simeon. Do you know who he was? Well, there's not a lot of information about this man, Simeon, but in all indication, his son's name was Gamaliel. Does that ring a bell? If you're a student of the Bible, you recognize that name, Gamaliel. Why, that's the man that told during the days of Paul, if God was in this particular situation, then you can't fight against God. Now look at chapter 2, verse 25 of Luke's gospel. If you're there, say amen. amen. And behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon, the same man was just. The word just there is Decaius. It means righteous. The same man was just and devout. The word devout means rever he reverenced God. He was just and devout. And the same man was waiting. That word waiting means looking for, expecting. Are you expecting to see the Lord? He was a just and devout man waiting, expecting for the consolation. The word consolation is comfort. The comfort of Israel. The Holy Ghost was upon him. And it was revealed unto him by the Holy Ghost that he should not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. The word Christ, Christos. Messiah, the anointed one. And then verse 27 reads, And he came, notice, by the Spirit into the temple. Now evidently this is the outer court because we'll find more information about what he's doing. Keep reading. And he came by the Spirit into the temple, and when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him, after the custom of the law, by the way, that was 40 days after Jesus Christ had been born, a time of dedication. Then notice verse 28. He took him up. Simeon took him up. Jesus, I can picture this in my mind's eye. He was waiting to see Jesus. He could hardly wait. No doubt he had read the Old Testament. He took him up. Look in verse 28 in his arm. And he blessed God. Hallelujah. I tell you, when you see Jesus, you're going to bless the Lord. No way around it. 
And my prayer is you'll see Jesus this morning, not a preacher, not as much as we love our friends, we need to see Jesus. We need to see Jesus. And then notice verse 29. And he said, Lord, Master, Kurios, now lettest thou thy servant depart in peace according to thy word. For mine eyes have seen thy salvation, which thou hast prepared before the face of all people. Notice all. A light to lighten the Gentiles and the glory of thy people Israel. This is the word of the Lord, and all God's people said, Amen. Father, we worship you today. Thank you, Jesus, you're a living God. And I know I'm nothing without you, but I thank you. With you, we can do all that, Jesus, you were born to die. Now, Lord, I know there's so many people here today and watching by live stream that have special needs, that are going through different difficulties, and that we just need to see you today with the eye of faith. We need to believe you, Father with a heart of faith, and we need to receive you, Holy Spirit, with a hand of faith. So accomplish your will in these days, oh God, oh Lord, you've been great and mighty and you've blessed us beyond measure and I feel so unworthy, but God, I pray now that there'd be breakthroughs with the lost, those who are blinded and those who are refusing to, God, return from sin and turn to you. I'm asking now for others uh, that you prepare us, however much time we have left on this earth, until we see you, Jesus, face to face. All that will be glory for me, glory for me, when by your grace I shall look on your face, that will be glory will be glory for me. We pray this in Jesus' name, Father. Amen. You may be seated. We would see Jesus. When we see the Lord, can you imagine what's that going to be like when you see Jesus? Stop and think for a moment what it's going to be like all these years singing about Jesus, teaching about Jesus, talking about Jesus, but then seeing Jesus. What is that going to be like? How should we prepare now? Well, if you'll notice with me, therefore, as I mentioned to you earlier, notice, first, we're to wait patiently before we see Jesus. Simeon is an example we'll see in a moment. Secondly, we'll work, and the Lord uh, demonstrates it through Simeon. Work diligently, not only wait patiently. This is the message God gave me and even developed the outline. And I said, Lord, I see it very clearly, and you're speaking to me about what I need to do. Wait patiently. Work diligently. Three, worship intentionally. Notice, I, I, as I thought of the word worship, uh, the Lord said the word intentionally seemed to move on my heart more specific because, listen to me, if I am not intentional, I'm certainly probably not going to be worshiping the Lord. Do you agree with me? Amen. 
Oh, yeah. If I'm not intentional, if I'm not deliberate, if I'm not focused on worshiping the Lord, I'm probably not going to worship the Lord. And probably some of us today aren't going to really be intentional about our worship. Maybe we didn't come today to be intentional to see Jesus and worship the Lord. But right now, where you're sitting, you can say, Lord, I know I've got a lot on my mind. I know I've been going through a lot. But now, right now, I want to see Jesus with the eye of faith. It's got to be intentional. If it's not intentional, we'll go through the motions. We'll come to church and just feel good and the flesh and maybe or hopefully the spirit but not only worship intentionally number four I like this part you see there's a world out there that needs to hear that our God lives and so Simeon sets the stage here to witness deliberately to witness deliberately and so I believe this is no doubt, a message to us. And maybe right now we're having difficulty in this hustle and bustle time of the year. Number one, wait patiently. Simeon, no doubt, I don't know how long he had been waiting to see the promised Mashiach, the Son of God, the Savior of the world. He, no doubt, knew the Old Testament passages. And perhaps he saw many babies come through in the temple area he not being a priest but evidently God had assigned him uh, for some reason or another to look to record the words he waited no doubt year after year and week after week to this promised Messiah first wait patiently wait patiently notice Luke chapter 2 and verse 25 and there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon now he's not in Bethlehem Jesus and Mary and Joseph, they're in the house of bread, Bethlehem. Why? Because Micah the prophet had prophesied 500 years prior to the event that the Ephratah, Bethlehem, Judea would be the birthplace of our Lord. Therefore, Mary and Joseph are in Bethlehem. It's not in Jerusalem. It's south of Jerusalem. However, here Simeon is in Jerusalem, the city of God, 764 times Jerusalem is mentioned in the Bible. There's a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon, and the same man was just and devout. I'll tell you what, these days are requiring for us, the people of God, to live differently than the world. And I don't know if you're um, seeing a trend in our world that the younger generation, that's why it so thrills me to see you all singing about the Lord. Somebody say amen. amen. Oh my, how we need to pray for this younger generation. Did you see the teenagers singing? Did you see the young adults singing? Isn't that a blessing? Isn't that a real blessing? And we prayed for uh, you, Megan, as a job, and we prayed for other young people. You're important to New Rocky Creek. Young people, we want to see God work in your life. Mason, we want to see God and avail work in your life. Daniel, we want to see God work in your life. And we're going to stand with you. We're going to back you. We're going to be here for you as the Lord develops you with a biblical worldview. Because if this world is going to have the good news of Jesus Christ, you are going to have to bring it. But thank God, Emmanuel, God is with us. So some of you may need to really recognize there's a battle raging and there's going to be quite a bit of opposition 
as you live godly in Christ Jesus. And if you go along with the world, you'll not face persecution. But if you stand, having done all the stand, I'm not talking about being a Pharisee. I'm just talking about letting your light shine. Let your light shine before men. They may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. How many know that parents and grandparents, we need to fast and pray and cry out to God that God will raise up a generation that knows our living God. We're in a desperate need right now in our nation, in a pluralistic, humanistic society. And if it's going to take place, and some of us are, are still God's will that we carry forth the torch. But the younger generation, the generation X and Z and, and all the rest, wait patiently. He was waiting, expecting, not just wondering if he'd see Jesus. Look, folks, I'm at that place now. I believe I know more people on the other side that are in heaven than I do on this side. Amen. I'm looking forward to going to heaven. Amen. Are y'all? If you're not, you need to punch your neighbor and say, neighbor, you need to get ready, buddy. <laughs> you need to get ready, my friend. You need to get ready. Now, I know we want to be so attached to this earth and we want to be uh, in the world, but we don't have to be of the world. Because greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. And as we wait for the consolation of Israel, Simeon, the Holy Ghost was upon him. How many will agree with me? It's very difficult to wait. How many of y'all like me? I'm impatient. My, 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 I'm finding myself in traffic, Brother Jackie. Uh, going to Atlanta, who else have you drive to Atlanta every once in a while? I find myself being a little impatient these days. <laughs> Atlanta, nothing. What about Covington? Hello. <laughs> impatient. Waiting patiently. Speaking of patience, I was up in, speaking of Covington, was up there, and I live out of my vehicle sometimes, and I thought I'd stop by to get a bite to eat for supper. And so I stopped by Taco Bell. How I many know what I'm talking about? Anyway, up in Covington, and next thing I know, it's the drive-thru. Speaking of patience, five minutes pass by, 10 minutes pass by, I'm still in the drive-thru. 15 minutes pass by, would you stay? <laughs> 20, yeah, for that food, I hear you. 20 minutes pass by, but look, Finally, after about 23 minutes, I was able to get to the uh, counter to get food. But look, here's Pastor Randy. I'm so impatient at times. I carry books with me. So guess what? I just put it in park, turn my light on, and start reading. Amen. <laughs> While I'm in line. Hey, you got to make use of your time. Redeem the time. The days are evil. Patience. Hey, how many of y'all young people? I can remember growing up. See if you can remember growing up. Christmas time was a real special time. Y'all remember Christmas time? How many of y'all remember that? Do you remember Christmas time? How many enjoyed this time of the year, Christmas time? Oh, there's some great memories of Christmas time in my own personal life. I remember as a little boy, uh, my soul, we'd, we'd begin to count down the days before Christmas. Did y'all ever do that? Ten days and nine days and eight days. I'm talking about a little boy. What are you talking about? Man, we could hardly wait. Christmas, why? 
building great memories. Do you remember building great memories? I look back now. My mom's in heaven. My dad's in heaven. My grandparents in heaven. But we got to spend time together as a family building good memories. How many of us today are going to purpose in our heart that we're not just going to go through this time together, Christmas and Thanksgiving, and just go through the motions and let the world and, and all the distractions and anxieties of the world rob us from building good memories? Then time ticks on. By the time I'm 16 years old, things change. Young people, things change. But God doesn't change. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Things change. My parents were divorced. I remember Christmas as a teenager, spending it by myself, nobody. All of a sudden, as a child, all of our family got together. Everybody was happy, and we had meals, and our children, we opened gifts, and spent the day together. And the next thing you know, as a teenager, you look around and there's no family, that there's nobody, there's nothing. I mean, it's just another day. Patience, waiting patiently. Why? I know Christmas is about the birth of our Lord. I understand that. But also at the same time, you're gathering with your family and life is short. Oh, yes, it is. It's just but a vapor. And listen, I don't know if you're like me, but I got a feeling there's some of you today that are like me. You're stressed out. I can look at your face and tell you're stressed out. You're stressed. Don't try to pretend like you're not. You've been stressed, hadn't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You've been stressed, hadn't you? Yeah, yeah. We're, we're living in a hurry, in a bury, in a worry world. Things are consuming our mind, anxieties, problems. And if it's not one thing, it's another. If it's not COVID-19, it's now the variant. And if it's not something else, it's something else to worry about. And you're there too, aren't you? I'll never forget a few years ago, speaking of being stressed out, I was standing on the outside of our home, 1309 Key Drive, Perry, Georgia. This was back in the 80s. I remember at the time, I was working a full-time job at Bluebird Body Company, and we were working assembly line work 60, 70 hours a week. I was in college at the time, Bible college, wife, two children, serving as associate pastor, volunteer basis, and we were required to do various things there. Anyway, I was a little stressed out, needless to say, and trying to keep up with everything. And I'll never forget a man by the name of Uncle Wilbur. Uncle Wilbur. An older man, he was probably in his 70s at the time. He retired from driving a truck. I think he was delivering, tell you how old and long ago it was, sunbeam bread. How many of y'all remember them days? He was retired, and I don't forget what he said. Wilbur was a Christian. Wilbur was a humble man, a soft-spoken man. He didn't say a lot, but when he spoke, you better listen to him. I'll never forget, we were just walking casually out in the driveway and I was telling him all the things that were going on. And here's what Wilbur said to me. He said, you know what? I said, what? He said, sometimes you just need to stop and smell the roses. You need to tell your neighbor right now, why don't you stop and smell the roses? Tell your neighbor right now. You need to stop and smell the roses. I understood what it meant. I thought about that numerous times since. I had the privilege of preaching Wilbur's funeral, his wife's funeral, and six other funerals in regards to his family. But I've thought about that. His son is in minister now. Greg Paul is his name, and 
He's on staff as an associate in a big church up in North Carolina. And uh, I've thought about that so many times and every once in a while. And I'm speaking to somebody right now. You're stressed out. You're having a hard time enjoying the journey, aren't you? I would like for you to write down this word, enjoy the journey. Enjoy the journey. Why? Because life is just too short to go around like often I do, stressed out. I'm preaching to somebody right now. I'm looking at you. You've been stressed out, hadn't you? You just need to get with the Lord today and say, Lord, I, I don't want to turn this. I, wanna, I don't want to be full of care. I, I want to be full of prayer. You know why? Because, watch this. Worrying today about things yesterday will zap you of the blessings of tomorrow. Can I say that again? I was walking last week and that thought came to my mind. And listen, worrying about things today that happened yesterday will rob you of enjoying tomorrow. You agree with me? And some of us are right there. We can't enjoy life because we're worried about yesterday and we're worried about it today. How many today need to get with the Lord and say, Lord, I've just been worried and troubled and stressed about all this stuff waiting patiently for the Lord. How can we prepare to see Jesus? One, wait patiently. The fruit of the Spirit is love and joy and peace and patience. That's Galatians chapter 5 and verse 22 and 23. Patience. Cast not away therefore thy confidence which had great recompense of reward. You have need of patience. After you've done the will of God, you may receive the promise. That's Hebrews chapter 10 verses 35 and 36. And Paul says, tribulation worketh patience. That's Romans chapter 5 and verse 3. Yes, Romans 15, 13. May the God of peace fill you with all joy and peace and believing. You might abound in hope through the power of the Holy Ghost. May the God of hope. Patience. Today, we would see Jesus. Lord, help me to wait patiently. How many husbands and wives finding yourself impatient with one another. Let's don't play church today. Come on. I'm not even come to play church today. Thank you, Linda. She's the only honest person. God bless your heart today. We're finding ourselves being impatient. I heard about one wife who uh, said to her husband, said, Honey, if I dye my hair red, will you still love me? He said, why not? I've loved you for the other five colors. Why not red? Amen. <laughs> but how many parents, look, how many parents and children are finding themselves being impatient with each other? Thank you, Nevaeh. Yes, yes, yes. And, and spouses and parents and grandparents and children. <clears throat> that, that's to get your attention. Thank you for looking this way. Getting impatient. Oh, yeah, we just need to, what do we need to do? Stop and what? Stop and what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You better tell somebody you love them today because you might not have that opportunity tomorrow. Have you told your wife, your husband, you love them? Have you? 
Everybody didn't raise your hand. What's the deal? Get with it, all right? Get with it, okay? How many parents have told your children you love them today? Ah, I'm not seeing many hands. Thank you, Billy. How many children have told your parents you, look, look. How many children have told your parents you love them today? Today? Well, I'm going to add your grandparents. Have you told your grandparents you love them? Well, I'm going to add this. Have you told your sister you love her? Yeah, you hadn't done that. <laughs> I knew I'd get you sooner or later. Anyway, wait patiently. Number two, not only wait patiently, secondly, work diligently. I believe Simeon's example here, no doubt. What should we do before we see Jesus? Oh, my. Do you understand what it's going to be like to see Jesus? Do you really fathom the glimpse of his glory? You can't imagine it. I cannot even fully comprehend what it's going to be like to see Jesus. But I am going to see him. And you're going to see him too. <laughs> oh, that'll be glory for me. So what should we do until we see Jesus? Wait patiently, one, two, work diligently. That's right. <laughs> That's not a dirty word, by the way. <laughs> Work's not a dirty word, <laughs> contrary to what some may say. Work diligently. Notice what Simeon, I get this from the text. It was revealed unto Simeon by the Holy Ghost that he should not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And he came. Notice he came. He was cooperating with the Lord. Are you cooperating with the Lord? He came, how? By the Spirit into the temple. He wasn't sitting idly by. He wasn't just twiddling his thumb saying, okay, sirrah, sirrah, whatever it will be, will be. No, no. He was cooperating with the Lord. He was being led by the Holy Spirit. So what should we do before we see Jesus? Work diligently. Jesus said, work while it's day. There's coming a night when no man can work. Listen to me. Look at me just for a moment. I'm not talking about there's a difference in working for Christ and uh, work for Christ and Christ and a worker. Jesus Christ wants to work in us and through us. There's a vast difference for uh, me uh, being self-effort versus letting the Holy Spirit of God fill us and anoint us. And boy, that is all the difference in the world. So, working diligently, and notice Paul said it this way. He said, be not weary in well-doing. In due season, we shall reap if we faint not. Tell me. Have you gotten discouraged? You have, haven't you? Are you about ready to quit? You are, aren't you? You say, man, I take one step forward and two steps backwards. What am I to do? Do what Paul said by the power of the Holy Spirit. Be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. For as much as you know, your labor is not in vain in the Lord. You can't outgive Jesus. You can't outlove him. No, no, you can't outserve him. And then Solomon said, whatever your hand finds to do, do it with all your might. If you read the book of Romans chapter 12, you'd find out that Paul said in regards to serving the Lord, you know what, when I get to the place, if you're like me, sometimes in serving the Lord, it, it, sometimes we just get kind of casually serving the Lord. 
instead of being on fire for God. And in Romans chapter 12, Paul said, we're to serve the Lord fervently. Fervently. I'll be honest with you. See if you agree with me. Jesus Christ died for me. He gave his life for me. He gave his life for you. He deserves everything and my whole life and yours as well. And so serve the Lord diligently. Oh, you might feel bad. Oh, you might have a headache. Oh, you might, you might have some setbacks. Understand we get discouraged. Understand we get weary. But praise the Lord. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength, mount up with wings as eagles, run and not grow weary, walk and not faint. There's some of us today that need to say, God, I need a touch from heaven. I need fresh oil. I need a mighty infusion of divine life from above fill this empty vessel of mine I can't carry on Lord you've called me you've equipped me you've anointed me and thank God I'm not going to let the devil win I want to live and serve you all the days of my life until I see you face to face when we see Jesus and bud you've been there hadn't you my brother you've been there knocking on the door but God's got the final say so Thomas Aren't you glad God's got the final say-so, Julius? Aren't you glad that it ain't over till it's over and until we've got, until we get to heaven, until, listen, God's given us breath, God's given us influence, God's given us a mind to think, and Becky, it doesn't matter if you're able to do this or that or the other. Thank God, no matter what state we can get and no matter physically our outer man's perishing, we can still pray, we can still love, we can still reach out because thank God Jesus is worth it worth it work diligently wait patiently and then number three what about worship intentionally worship intentionally I like this part then notice Simeon look at him <laughs> when he saw Jesus in the temple again it was probably 41 days 40th day was the law of Moses, the, the purification. And Joseph and Mary comes back to the temple. And evidently this was prior to the account in Matthew's gospel chapter 2 with the wise men coming with the gold, frankincense, and myrrh. We understand the word uh, techna uh, in the uh, Matthew's gospel indicates Jesus was probably a young child at that time. So this is prior to that event. They come to the temple. And can you see Simeon? I can see him in my mind's eye. He can't wait to see Jesus. And he sees him. Yes, the Son of God. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory as the glory of the only begotten of the Father. And Paul said in Galatians 4, 19, Till Christ be formed in you. Yes, the fullness of time. God sent forth his Son. Yes, Jesus was born to die. Mary had a little lamb. And God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believed in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Simeon worshiped the Lord. Oh, yes, he did. He worshiped intently. He lifted up Jesus in his arms and blessed God. I wonder today if you and I will bless the Lord and worship the Lord. Worship must be intentional. Must be intentional. Why? If you remember in John's Gospel, chapter 4, remember the woman at the well? Do you remember that? Remember what Jesus said? 
He said, God is a spirit. And they that worship him must worship him how? 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 In spirit and in truth. How many of y'all got a dog? Let me see your hand. You got a dog. We've got a dog. The dog's name is Sadie. I love Sadie. You know, they say a dog's a man's best friend. If you don't believe that, you lock your wife in the trunk and your dog in the trunk, come back an hour later and see who's happy to see you. <laughs> it ain't going to be mama, I'll assure you. It ain't going to be mama, I'll assure you. Now, have you noticed a dog's happy most of the time? Have you noticed that? You know what it'd be like? Listen, you know what it'd be like if I went out to feed Sadie like I did last night? After I got back from here, I left uh, Pam and Calvin's, our Sunday school get-together, came here to get things ready for today, and then went home, and I said, oh, my, I almost forgot to feed Sadie. And you know, I went outside and got the can of dog food. Now, y'all don't throw rocks at me. I got the can of dog food, some other. She eats table scraps, too, if you're wondering, okay? She eats good. So <laughs> anyway, what would it be like if I'd have gone outside to feed Sadie? I said, hey, Sadie, picked up her bowl. What would it be like if she started growling at me? What would it be like if she almost tried to bite me? How many know that wouldn't be good? Has anybody been growling at Jesus lately? Anybody been wanting to bite? Oh, yeah. No, 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 we, we don't admit it. But often, if we're not careful, the Lord's goodness and the Lord's glory, His grace, His precious blood, His provisions, His peace, His power, oh yes, His blessings on our life like Thomas testified. And if we're not careful, we can growl instead of wag our tail. <laughs> I'm not talking about literally now. <laughs> but... A dog, you pat him on the head, he'll wag his tail. What about it today? Have you come to church growling? I'm not talking about putting on a show. I'm not putting on, I'm not talking about Sunday act like one thing and then you get in your car and you get round three and four when you get ready to go home. Hello. <laughs> Argue all the way to the church and then, hey, hey, great, I'm doing great. Come on. Have you been growling? Maybe things happening, things aren't happening. Worship intentionally. You know the word worship is the word proskuno in the New Testament? And literally, that word pictures a little dog crouching down, licking its master's hand. That's a picture of worship. How many know that we ought to kneel down before our living God today? Not just give God an intellectual assent. Yeah, 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 yeah. Rather, worship. And you know what worship is? It's attributing worth to the one who's to be worshipped. That's right. It's no doubt the missing jewel in the crown of the church. And my life included. Oh, yes. Worship the Lord. You want to really get a good picture of worship? You find the book of Revelation, chapter 4. You find. When we see Jesus, you know what we're going to do? You might as well get used to it now. 
we're going to get down in the dust on our knees when we see Jesus. We're not going to go haughty, arrogant to the throne. No, sir. We're going to get down in the dust and say, Lord, thank you for saving me. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for your grace in my life. Thank you, Jesus, for dying for my sins and rising again and giving me life and promise me to come again. Worship intentionally. How many need a correction today? You know, we gather for worship. That's what we're doing right now. That's what we're doing. As the Word of God is preached and as we sing and worship the Lord, then our response to what we're hearing and our response to Him by His Holy Spirit is the key to whether we really worship the Lord or not. I, I'm not being critical when I say this, but I'm concerned. I know that uh, there's a counterfeit worship today, and our emotions are a very powerful part of our being. God made us like we are. But in our society, in our culture, our emotions we get dopamine. It's a feeling in your mind, certain things, certain events. And, and, and if we're not careful, we can get addicted to certain events or certain things that create dopamine in our mind. And here's the point. The point is this. The Lord Jesus bought us with his blood, and he deserves our all. Our body's the temple of the Holy Spirit our mind, our will, our emotions, and he will not share his glory with another. But I'm afraid to say I'm in you. If I'm not careful, I'm, I'm prone to commit spiritual adultery, to, to let, let some other thing have my emotions, let some other thing have my mind. And, and I need to get realigned. I need to get back to my first love. I need to start letting my emotions go out to Jesus Christ and the Word of God. I need to get happy in the Lord. I need for the Lord to take off this bridle on my emotions that are just moved by certain things that go on in our world. There's nothing wrong with having those emotions. But if that alone is driving me, if that alone is consuming my mind, if that is the thing that uh, keeps me happy then I need I need I need God to bring me back and in submission to his will and under his authority and uh, under his lordship and I believe today if you're like me sometimes I get off track you all ever get off track some of us need to get back on track today and worship intentionally and then last but not least we would see Jesus. Maybe today you've been distracted. Maybe today you've just kind of gone through the motions. Maybe you hadn't really been obeying the Holy Spirit when he points out sin and says, well, hey, we've got to really deal with that thing. If we're going to be in fellowship with God, you've got to make restitution when the Lord shows you you've got a bad attitude or when you're angry or bitter or resentful or something's gone unchecked, things that we've compromised on, that we know he that doeth to do good, to doeth it not to him it is sin. And if we walk in the flesh but we do not war after the flesh and the flesh and the spirit are combating each other and we need to today say Lord I would see Jesus I want to see Jesus and witness deliberately not only 
wait patiently and work diligently and worship intentionally. Will you do these things? I, I didn't just develop this as a cute outline to, to be homiletically correct and hermeneutically correct and chronologically correct and biblically correct. No, rather, I, I believe the Lord birthed this in my heart that I might submit to the Holy Spirit, to the Word of God, that I would learn to wait patiently until I see the Lord, and I would be willing to serve the Lord with gladness and come before His presence with singing, and I would learn to attribute worth and worship Him in spirit and truth. But number four, I would witness deliberately. Look what happened to Simeon. He says here, Luke the physician, the only Gentile, I might add, or at least one of the writers of the New Testament, which, and a companion of Paul, by the way, which thou hast prepared, Simeon said this, after he lifted up Jesus, he said, you prepared, thou hast prepared before the face of all people, Jesus, the Messiah, a light to lighten the Gentiles, ethnos, and the glory of thy people Israel. I'm glad that included the church and Israel. You know what's going to happen when we see Jesus? Do you ever get thinking about heaven? What's it going to be like walking through those gates of solid pearl? What's it going to be like walking on the street, singular, not plural, the street of gold? Oh, my, transparent glass. What's it going to be like to get to heaven? See the colorful, beautiful walls of jasper. Yes, what's it going to be like when we see the river of life flowing from the throne of God? What's it going to be like seeing the tree of life in the midst of the paradise of God bearing fruit in every month? What's it going to be like the leaves of the tree of life, of the healing of nations? What's it going to be like? I don't know, but I imagine one thing. When I get to heaven, I'm going to say, I want to see Enoch. Enoch, thanks for walking with God. Thanks for keep on walking with God. I'm going to look up Abraham and say, Abraham, you were a friend of God. Thanks for believing in God. I'm going to say to Jacob, Jacob, I know you wrestled with the angel and, and your name was changed. Thank you that you didn't give up and God didn't give up with you. I can't wait to see Joseph and say, Joseph, Hey, when you said to your brothers what you meant for evil, God meant for good. Joseph, you're not going to believe it. I, I used the same phrase, not once, not twice, numerous times. I, I'm going to say, Moses, where's Moses at? Where Moses, Moses, um, thanks for not uh, enjoying the pleasure of sin for a season, but being afflicted with the people of God. I'm going to say, Joshua, where's Joshua at? Joshua, thanks for possessing the promised land, being strong and courageous. I'm going to say, Ruth, where's Ruth at? Ruth, I, I love what you said about your mother-in-law, Naomi. Your people should be my people, and your God should be my God. Where you live, I'll live. Where you dwell, I'll dwell. Where you die, I'll die. Oh, yes, David, where's David? David, thanks for having a heart for God. David, thank you for 
confessing your sin. Thank you, Solomon, for writing Ecclesiastes and Proverbs. And though you had your flaws, I'm going to say, Daniel, where's Daniel at? Daniel, Daniel, thank you for standing alone. Thank you for having a purpose true. Thank you for making it known. I'm going to say, I've got to see Peter. Where's Peter at? Peter, you are a sand man, but Jesus turned you into a rock man. I'm going to say, John, James, where are they at? John, James, you were sons of thunder, but now you've been turned to apostles of love. Oh, hey, Mary Magdalene, where's she at? Mary Magdalene, you were possessed with seven demons, but Jesus healed you. It gave me hope. It gave me life that the Lord is in the life-changing business. Oh, yes, Paul, yes, a persecutor of the church, a chief of sinners, Paul, hey, thank you for fighting the good fight and keeping the faith. But you know what? When I get to heaven, I'm going to say, I want to see Jesus. He's the one that died for me. And I wonder today, as you stand to your feet, when we see Jesus, what are you going to do?